Welcome to the Vault Studios NFL Podcast, an Australian twist on all things NFL. The boys are cracking into a nice cold beer from Burnley Brewing. Let's join them. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am your host, J.A., and I am joined by my good buddy, Richie Garraway. How are you, mate? Outstanding, my friend. How are you? It's good. It's been a good week for us. We had a first home games on the weekend. Three mm. bloody wins for our club, so we're feeling we're feeling pretty up and about tonight. There's some drama going on in GV, which I'm not going to lie, I am thoroughly enjoying right now. We're both having a good little chuckle about it. Uh, it's just sometimes it's the gift that keeps on giving, you know, Richie. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, just to give you guys an update on tonight, the plan was we we're going to do the Super Bowl like preview tonight. What we're actually going to do, we're going to do just a bit of a news tonight, talk about some of the coaches, Tom Brady, Big Ben, obviously the Pro Bowl, the big thing of today, just an awesome game, can't, can't wait to talk about it. Um, and then we're going to do a Sunday night live show to preview the Super Bowl, tons of betting stuff. Um, so tune into that on Sunday night, we'll go live, myself and Richie, uh, and we'll do that. So tonight's going to be just just a little bit more of a round the league for all the big news that's been going on, which has been a lot. Um Quickly, our sponsors, Burnley Brewing, thank you for your support. Uh, Dark Horse Electrics, ussportsgear.com.au. Make sure you support all these guys. Um, we're going to quickly do our draw for this month's Patreon helmet. Um, it is the Randy White Eclipse Cowboys mini helmet. It's an absolute ripper. Um, lucky people who ever get to ever get this one because I'm pretty jealous. Uh, let's get it started. Obviously, there's two prizes. The other is a box of beer from Burnley Brewing. So, um, winner's choice, first gets first choice, second gets second choice. Let's start the spin. No doubt it's going to be um, Dylan because he wins it nonstop all the time. Oh, Scotty. He won the beer last month, and I, I reckon I'm not going on too much of a limb, but he's going to take this Dallas Cowboys helmet. So, congratulations, Scotty. He does a lot of hard work around the, uh, the local legs of Gridiron. He's very much appreciated. We love his work. Also does a lot of work for Gridiron Down Under. Richie, mm. one of your little websites. Um, sure check does. that out. If you want to know the Gridiron Victoria and what's going on there, follow Gridiron Down Under, um, where Scotty does a lot of his good work. And um, also, what's his onside productions on YouTube, guys? Yeah. Does a terrific highlight package every week, always down there, all his own gear, all, all at his own expense, and just does it out of the love of the game. So, a lot of respect for Scotty and uh, look forward to giving you that helmet and the box of beer now. So, I'm glad I forgot the beer on the weekend. Now I can make a special delivery for both. Uh, let's go to the second prize. Who we got here? Oh, Aaron Laxon, long time, long, long, long time supporter. Now, I reckon last time we did this, Aaron doesn't drink beer, so he might not want it, but um, I'll have to work something out for you, Aaron. I think I've got something I can send over to you, but um, I'll be in touch with you guys. Thank you very much, boys, for supporting, and thank you to all our patrons, especially our new one this week, Harry Hill. He uh, upgraded from the... $5 a month package to the $10 a month package because I said, you know, you can actually win something. And he's like, why did you never tell me? Um, <laughs> we, I said, we talk about it every week. And he's like, oh, is that what you meant? But smart doesn't run in the family, Richie. We, we know that, you know. A lot, of, a lot of private schooling dollars wasted in your family. A lot. Correct. It's, um, a lot. it's extremely hard to argue. And I look forward <laughs> to hopefully wasting it on my kids too. <laughs> hopefully not wasting not wasting it on my kids. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> they can they can recoup the Arthur name. Um, let's uh, I guess let's just smash right into it, Richie. We we teased it last week. Uh, the Tom Brady news. It is now official. Um, 
apparently he was going to break it just after, um, just before Schefter did, and he was really pissed off about it because he didn't. He wanted to break the news, which is fair enough. That's why he delayed it. Um, but it's officially out now. Um, uh, I'll let you start, Richie, on on Tom Brady. Like, just there's no argument. He's the best football player of all time. If anyone wants to argue that, just fucking don't talk to me. I just don't care. I don't care for your arguments. Um, he is, and there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's been an incredible ride. Yeah. I mean, 22 seasons. You, you think like where you were 22 years ago, or you think about where the world was that long ago. ago. I was 12 years I old. Mean, like, no, cell phones didn't exist. Like, the internet barely existed. Like, the, where he has come from and and where he is, he's, without question, the, the greatest football player of all time. He might not be the most talented or, or whatever other caveats you want to throw on it, but the, the trophy should be renamed. It should be the Tom Brady trophy. Not he's Lombardi. One he's one more the, than any club, any franchise. Things. One more. And a, another crazy thing about it is, is, is they talk about his playoff record and that basically it's better than most clubs combined. But what that record also doesn't count, and I heard this um, over the last few days, is he had a first-round bye like 16 more times. Mm-hmm. They're really a win. If you ask me, like you're in the second round, it's it's progressing to the second round. It's why when people look at um, Peyton Manning's playoff record and they go, "Oh, it's not that good. He's only got a handful more wins than he does losses." I'm like, "Yeah, but you've got to add on nine or ten, whatever it is, first round buys because of the record they finished with." So taking that into account, he owns every record that matters. And I heard a crazy one today, Jay. So they talked about receiving yards by players over the age of 40. So Jerry Rice leads that category with 2,000 and and change. Brady's second on that list with 19. And my favorite is Brett Favre was third with minus two. (laughs) (laughs) He threw the ball into his own offensive line that bounced back to him. He caught it. It is the greatest stat I've heard in a long time. But how impressive is that Jerry Rice has over two thousand when he was over? It's over forty two as well, not forty. Over forty two years old. Oh yeah, well, there you go. It's even oh, crazy. Um, two thousand yards. Like before, Tom Brady, Jerry Rice was the best football player of all time. Unfortunately, yeah. he's now second. Um, There's no argument, and I won't hear it. I, and everyone knows how much I got sick of the Patriots, and we all know it's because I hated Australian Patriots fans. I unfortunately had to put up with way too many of them. Um, for me, I always respected the Patriots and respected Tom Brady. Always. Um, I thought they were a terrific football team. But the the only thing that was ever in my mind was he's had the benefit of Bill Belichick. He's, you know, probably not... A Hall whole of Fame head coach. Hall of Fame head coach by far. Uh, and he'll be talked about in that echelon forever. Um, I think he's probably had a little fall back to earth the last couple of years, which is fair with the rebuild he's going through. Um, but Tom Brady going to the Bucks, and I don't care what talent they had, and they were a stacked team, and they hadn't made the playoffs for what ten years before that, or something like that. The pre since the Super Bowl that we won in uh, the two thousand and one Super Bowl, so it's two thousand season. 
We've made the playoffs twice since that. Since Tom Brady joined the team, we made it twice. Yep. And, and the two times, the two the two times we won, uh, we made the playoffs. We lost both games, so we hadn't won a playoff game since the Super Bowl until yep. Tom Brady joined the team, and we won five playoff games in two years and a Super Bowl. Yeah, and let's be honest, you were one big play to Cooper Cup from winning it again, like Tom uh, Brady from potentially off. being in yeah in the championship game, which they would have hosted. From two, he came back from 27 to 3 to tie a game up against one of the best defense in the league who are now going into the Super Bowl with the LA Rams. So, yeah. it, it, I said, you can argue all you want with yourself. Don't argue with me. And Super Bowl days next week, and I know someone's going to want to argue with me. And my response, Richie, and you know it will be, is go in the mirror and argue with yourself because I don't fucking care. If you can't enjoy what Tom Brady has done, I just genuinely feel sorry for you if you can't enjoy mm-hmm. the end of his career. And I'm glad he went out. He's a chance to win MVP next 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 week or this Crazy. week. And I think he led out at his highest point. I think he could have played for three for probably two more years comfortably. Did he lead the league in yards? Yeah. And touch. <laughs> it's crazy. Just crazy. I mean, it's 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 an amazing We're gonna talk about this we're We're eighty years old and we're sitting down on a on a park bench, you know, having our kids wipe our bums for us. Um because you know, because of the severe damage we have from football, um, we're going to be sitting there going, "Yeah, we live through Tom Brady." This is what it's like. These are like people who got to watch Michael Jordan and really watch him and enjoy him. Like, just I think I feel like people just don't understand how lucky we have been to have Tom Brady. I genuinely mm. believe that we've been lucky to enjoy what he has done. They, and the crazy thing is, the year he blew his knee out, the team won eleven games that year. That's arguably one of the best Patriots team that ever existed under him. Mm-hmm. The fact that they and didn't make they the won playoffs. eleven games with the backup. No, I just don't think they won the division. I think no, they won the playoffs. Oh, they won, they were wild card. You're correct. Yeah, the Dolphins yeah. won the division. That's right. Yeah. So, can you imagine that team had Tom Brady? It won eleven games. Super Bowl. They probably they could have won Super Bowl, another one. And look, people can say, "Oh, that was you know Vinatieri won them for him and." Tuck rule and um, what's his name jumping offside from the Chiefs and, and and yeah all those things happen but you can counter argue all his losses Tyree Ki- uh, not Tyree Kill um, um, David Tyree pinning a football to his head that pass to Mario Manningham down the sideline by Eli Manning he's never thrown a better ball than that that's his greatest pass of all time it was yep. perfect those sorts of things also went against him. So for the arguments that, yeah, he you could take a couple off him where he's like, you're here, he's like, you're there. It's like, yeah, but then I'll give you just many examples where it could have been flipped. I if that game's this year, Eli Manning's whistle's blow dead. That, that mm-hmm. play's blown dead, the way they protect quarterbacks now. He does not even get out of that pocket. They just blow it dead as soon as they're on him. Yeah, Simple as that. So, yeah, I, I agree. You can, you can, all, it's there, you know, the tuck rule, whatever, but it wasn't a rule. Was it a bad call? Yeah. It was. It was no, no, call. it wasn't. That was the rule at the time. Yeah. It was implemented correctly. They had to. They had to change it right after it. Yeah, and they and they and they learned from that. And then he, he won. He won another one. He actually won another six. So, everyone goes, "Oh, the first one was was um, tuck rule." I'm like, "Yeah, well, he won six more after it, including one for another club in his first year being there." Like it's like a movie. His career. It's unbelievable. Mm. Anyway, we obviously both respect the crap out of Tom Brady and. It's sad he's not going to be playing. It's the end of a really, really good era in football. 
and one that you know in hindsight now I've I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. And in, enjoy retirement. Yeah, I, I think we'll see him on a broadcast next year. He's having so much money thrown at him. Amazon has the rights to games next year. Um somebody is gonna pay him more. Put him on with Eli and Peyton. Because I tell you, I haven't watched much of that Monday night coverage, but the one with him, Eli, but they should they should do a podcast together. Those three when they were talking, and Peyton was like, "I always hated my playoff games against you, Tom." And Eli is just like, "I really enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. Yeah, that was very, <laughs> was very funny." Um, That's great together. He he'll he'll be in a booth or he'll do something. I don't think he'll have a coach, but um, if ever. If ever goat is actually going to be put against somebody, like it's the most ridiculous term used these days, but it actually belongs to him. Yeah, he's the greatest of all time. The only person who could stack up a career of winning, who could be better than his. You have to switch sports, and it's probably Serena Williams. Uh, yep. Like she's. <laughs> it's about the only person that you could stack up against the amount of winning he's done, and in a team environment. There's not many others. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. So I was just reading some stats about Tom Brady. I can't stop looking at him. Let's move on. And I feel bad actually doing this to Big Ben because we've talked about him yet. Um, a guy who's, again, another amazing career. And I, I wanted to save talking about Big Ben. Uh, two Super Bowls, played his whole time for a, for a club. Um, was really one of the last kind of big-bodied not immobile. He, was, he had some mobility, but not not a lot. And, you know, tough quarterback. Um, no, he had his off-field issues, but let's just leave that out of it and talk about how good he was at football because he's had a really, really good career and um, certainly a Hall of Fame career. Absolutely. I mean, try not to remember Big Ben at the end when he was a bit, bit fat and getting around and, and remember him from years when he was winning Super Bowls. Um, and one as a rookie, Big Ben. Best record ever as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, and, take, but, yeah, but you still, you still win. <laughs> um, and again, he's a guy who, who's um, the game changed a lot over his time. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer without question. And look, I'm. it's funny. He, he was hanging on too tight and it was past him. Um, whereas I don't think Brady was. He probably could have gone around next year if he really wanted to. Um, but I think Big Ben's going to leave a really, really big hole because yeah. they have no solution for him not being there. Exactly the same as Tampa. There is no solution for this guy walking out the door. There's no one on their rosters, both teams' rosters, who would hold a candle to the two starters. So, um, look, I don't know... Where we'll see Big Ben turn up afterwards, and look, we've made fun of him for his mistakes he made in his youth, but bad, um, bad mistakes, mind you, deserve, yeah. deserve. I give him slack for what he did. I'm not, I'm not trying to relieve him. I'm just trying to say, just looking at, um, yeah, I just don't want people to think we're sucking up to him now that he's retired. Um, it's, it's a hell of a career, and he's gone to the Hall of Fame. It, the only thing stopping him from being first ballot is the fact that Tom Brady retired the same year and they might not put two quarterbacks in first ballot. They they, they both yeah. deserve to be. And if he's not first, he'll certainly be second. Um, yeah. yeah. Lucky for Drew Brees, he retired last year. <laughs> Otherwise, <Yeah. laughs> he'd be... Actually, funnily, how would you rate him? I'd rate Brady, Brees, 
Roethlisberger? Are you the same? I reckon some would rate Ben above Breeze. Um, very, very different players. If, if I had someone, I, I yeah, I mean, Ben's is probably more consistent. Um, Breeze really exploded. Um, when he got to the Saints, his earlier career at the Chargers was there was a couple of good years in there, one particularly good year, but he didn't have that consistency. Whereas, as you said, Ben came on the stage and announced his arrival. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He had a great rookie year. Um, yeah, look, Hall of Famer for Big Ben. Congratulations on a great career, and you know, in, enjoy some quiet. Go and just enjoy your life and your very wealthy life. You're going to be. You know, he's set up his family for the rest of their, the rest of the generations his family is set up for now because of how good he was at football. And yeah, he's, he's had a great career and he's won a lot of football games and Super Bowls. And, you know, that Steelers organization, I'm jealous of the way they operate. They're always good. They stick by their coaches, which I like. Um, I actually love it the way they stick with them. They've had three coaches in 40 years. It's mm. years almost. It's, it's unbelievable. They stick by their guys and they back them in and they, they build a culture the players want to be a part of. So, you know, I am jealous of the way that if you're a supporter of the Steelers, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, let's move on. Let's talk coaching hires and let's start with uh, our boy Dougie Peterson. He's hired by the Jaguars. Uh, obviously, he's known for his work at the Eagles where he won a Super Bowl under basically... Big Dick Nick wrapped his arms around Peterson and carried him to a Super Bowl. But, you know, with all due respect, he was head coach of a great Super Bowl team and one of the most unlikely winners ever. Um, he did great work with Carson Wentz to him, him as a young quarterback. I'm sure that's why they're thinking this would be a great move for Trevor Lawrence. And uh, I think it's um, uh, I think it's a good hire without – it feels like an easy hire – but it may be a good hire. I think that's probably my my take on it, if that makes any sense, Rich. Yeah, I think it makes sense. It's easy um, hiring him. There's not much there's not much criticism for it. It's no, not, you're not gonna get any at all. Um McCarthy. It's very similar to that. It's not exciting for me. No, I guess one thing, Doug Peterson's obviously younger. Um and I think he he's got more tread on his tires than than McCarthy. Like we both hated that hire from the start, and there's been nothing since that's got us excited about it. Um, with that roster, I'd love to see what Doug Peterson could have done with it, running his offense. Um, so I think I just think this would be good for the Jags. They need someone like this. He's a bit of a hard ass. Um, he had worn out his welcome a bit with the with the Eagles. It's, it's a part of the reason why he got shown the door. And there was some coach. field issues there. There's some behind-the-scenes issues there, too. Well, two years after winning a Super Bowl in a town that had never won one, and then you're out of there. So, yeah, the credit of a Super Bowl runs out after two years. Like, that's that's crazy. So, yeah, I would think he might – I bet he learned a lot coaching there. I've actually heard him interviewed a couple of times. He's got a really interesting story, and, and he's – He speaks um, very well. He's very oh, professional. He does all the right things that a coach you want from a coach. Yeah, he, his outlook on the game, I think, is is, is really interesting. Um, he's bloody proud of what he did at the Eagles. I can tell you that he, he should, should be. He hundred percent should be. And I'd be telling everyone. I'll tell I everyone you, when I like jump over a rope properly. Like I'm telling everyone, he's a yeah, superstar. He will. He'll have more wins for the Jags. In 
in his first year than what they've had in the last handful combined, I reckon. I actually think he can... There's... I'm not going to say it's a talented roster because I don't think it's that. But there's a lot of pieces there with a lot of potential. And I know potential is a dirty word, but yeah, I really do kind of feel like if it's someone who can turn it around, um, I think Doug Peterson can there because they'll need that hard love early and he can certainly deliver that. Yeah, 100%. I, I said, it's not an exciting hire, but I don't think it's a bad hire either. I'm not... And I said, we, we, we used to be those people, Rich, that were like, that's a stupid hire, blah, blah, blah. And we've come around to this term. Maybe it's getting a bit older that, you know, and being around more workforce and companies and that. Again, he might have gone into that interview and they might have just gone, fuck, we've got to hire this guy. He's going to... He could make Trevor Lawrence a superstar. You know, mm. like... We're like, and you know what? Wentz was okay this year for the Colts. He wasn't bad, but they didn't make the playoffs. And we all said that was Frank Reich the reason he was so good? Probably had a bit of Peterson in there too. So it's probably fair to say, you know what? Peterson had a hand in that development. And let's mm-hmm. see how he goes. So I'm, I'm not against it. I just want to see how it works out. Um, here's one I'm a little bit against Old Rat McDaniels. <laughs> Rat McDaniels. <laughs> in his Las Vegas mid <laughs> That's funny. Is he qualified? Yeah, absolutely. He's qualified. He's been a great coach for the Patriots for a long time um, until Tom Brady left. Then his offenses were pretty fucking shit. He won a game passing the ball two times this year. Let that sink in, everyone. That was not a good coaching performance. He scored 12 points. It was pretty bad weather. It was lucky that the Bills couldn't get it going. And then later in the year, his offense completely fell apart. So... Yes, I think he's had great credentials and I think he's a very good coach. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say he's not. No one coaches for 20 years in the NFL if he's not a good coach. Simple as that. But I, I'm interested to see how this went. He crashed and burned terribly in Denver when he was a head coach, including drafting Tim Tebow in the first round. Yeah, they won a playoff game. Who cares? He crashed and burned dreadfully. Um, he then went back and had Tom Brady carry him to success for three years then or four years. Then he committed to coaching the Colts, and then at the last minute pulled the pin out after everyone else, and then that's how they got Frank Reich. Worked out okay for the Colts. Frank Reich's a great coach, but in like there's integrity, Richie, in this world, and I don't understand how you would ever look him and be like, look at him and think this guy's got integrity for doing that. It's as simple as that. That's how I feel about it. I don't know him personally. This is not a personal thing that I think he's a shit human or he's a bad bloke. You know, I'm sure if I met him, he's a perfectly nice guy and I'm sure he's a very good football coach. But I don't understand how as an organization you can look this guy in the eye and think this guy's not like this guy's got integrity. And that's my concern with it. Derek Carr should be happy. He's got a good offensive schema coming his way. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Um I think it should be good for Carr. Um there is talent on that Las Vegas roster. We saw that this year. Um, Very good with tight ends too. Darren Waller's one of the best yep. in the game. And what the, what they really need is a, a proper functioning front office with a real GM. And now it looks like they're probably going to be able to get that. So I think with McDaniel's there, I think they're in a better place than they were this year. They the GM? I don't know if they have yet. They haven't. General manager. Have it it um, <laughs> Dave Ziegler. Patriots director of player personnel. Ah, so he took his mate. <laughs> That's all right though. I don't, it's, we all know the NFL is a boys' club. If, it's, if you're going to get upset about it, you're going to have a really sad life and not really yeah, enjoy. We'll, it's we'll a boys talk club. about how much of a boys' club yeah, in a minute. We've got more coming up later. Um, sorry, I, I interrupted you there. Continue. Oh look, 
I got no issue with this hire at all. As I said, I think Las Vegas are in a way better place today than what they were for the past handful of years with, with Gruden, who clearly had nowhere near as much tread left on the tyres as he thought he did. Um, and also a terrible GM selection, the amount of reaches they made. And as we always say, even if you think this is the person we want and we think Leatherhead is the best O-lineman in the entire draft, we're going to take him, then fucking trade down. Yeah. Don't take guys 15, 20 spots ahead of where they're projected because not only a handful of teams make the mistake of reaching up like that and taking someone who's projected to go so much lower. And, and they say, oh, that's only the projections and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, then why do drafts almost run to script every year now? Like we see it all the time, whether it's the exact wide receiver or the exact quarterback. Yeah, you know, maybe we didn't think Trey Lance would get taken third, but we knew a quarterback was going to be. So yeah. these things run relatively to script. When you jump up and take someone who's projected to go 20, 30 picks lower than where you actually take them, you're making a massive mistake. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And they've done it consistently. And mm. Mike Mayock, he should know that stuff. That's the stuff I thought he'd be good at. Mm. I was worried about the other shit, like the player personnel sort of side of things, but that's what Gruden was there to do. The bottom line is he reached for picks and he was a guy that for 10 plus years bullied people for reaching for picks. And then he came in and just did it because of guys he liked. I don't care if you want, you know, it's the same with the Giants. I don't care if you want Saquon Barkley. Answer the fucking phone because someone might be offering you the farm for a quarterback and you ignored it. It's the same thing. And yeah, they need a fresh start. I have my personal issues with the way McDaniels has handled himself with his integrity and whatnot. Said it a lot. But as a coach, he's certainly qualified. And I'm interested to see what he can do with Derek Carr because we love Derek Carr. We love Darren Waller. And I think I want to see him have all the success. So I'm rooting for that to be successful because of Derek Carr, not not so much McDaniels, the rat, just to confirm. Rat McDaniels. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Mike McDaniels in as the Dolphins head coach. He is the 49ers offensive coordinator. Um, he, he was in with Callan Moore for the final job. Kind of glad it looks like Callan Moore is going to miss out. So he's going to come back to Dallas for another year, which I'm, I'm happy about. I think he needs. I think he actually needs some more time. I think it would have been a rough transition for him. Um, which I also think about Mike McDaniel because we talk about the Shanahan system, right? And how coaches are constantly, you know, it's McVay and then like Lafleur was taken out, and then is it the Bengals coach was taken out, or the sorry, the, who's the LA Rams coach now, or whatever? There's this tree starting, right? It's getting diluted down the line. Now. I know Shanahan has a heavy, heavy, heavy hand in the 49ers offense. I am also sure that he Mike calls Daniels, the plays. Yes. I'm also sure that Mike <laughs> Daniels has a heavy hand in the play calling and the scheme and the game plan and all that sort of stuff. What I'm interested to see is he's going to a situation where he doesn't have Kyle Shanahan to help game plan him. And he's also in a pretty similar he's also going to a team that's a lot less talented. The Miami Dolphins offensively are not an extremely talented unit. We don't know what Tua is yet. We know he's was a top 10 pick, and we know he's had promise, but we don't know if he's good yet. I'm as unsure on him as I was of Sam Darnold a year ago. I, I'm unsure on him. So is he walking into a great situation? No, I think it's a pretty 
it's a pretty jaded locker room too. I know a lot of them loved Brian Flores and I think they're pissed off about it and we'll get to Flores. Actually, let's talk Flores next because it runs in with the Miami stuff. But um, there's guys that are particularly pissed off with that organization. I think there's more coming and they're not getting to Sean Watson. There's absolutely no way to Sean Watson's going there. So I, I, I said at this point, him or Callan Moore, I said, I'm happy Callum Moore didn't take it because I think this is the most likely to be a crash and burn situation because there's just not that many pieces. No, and and look, Stephen Ross missed his white whale. Stephen Ross is the owner of the Dolphins, for those who don't know. He wanted... Um, he, so, okay, so Stephen Ross is a Michigan alum. Yep. And he has poured so much money into the Michigan, not only university, but the, the football program and the sporting programs to the point where the business school there is now named after him. It's the Ross Business School. This guy's poured in hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, like to the tune of like kind of in the 800 mark across a handful of things. He wanted John Harbour. He wanted Harbour. Simple as that. Now he was going to, he he took an interview at the, so after, this all kind of rolls in, but he was going to take that job. It was all but certain that he was going to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Then everything blows up with Brian Flores. And Harbour was like, well, I can't come now. Yeah. Like this, this is trans. So he's gone back to Michigan on a one year deal. Everyone knew one he was going. It was, it was getting reported by everyone that he's coming. He took he tweeted he took saying this is my last run. Um, I'm having one more last run at the NFL, and then he deleted it. Yeah. So he took a phony baloney interview with the Vikings mm-hmm. and then acted like he has, oh, I'm going back to college. It's like, dude, they weren't hiring you. And we all know that. You know, yeah. you, you you took this to, to try and you would have called a buddy at Vikings and go, hey, can you just give me a can you just say you interviewed me? Yeah, I need this so I can, I need this me? so I can go back. Yeah. So my fear for Mike McDaniel is he's a one and done. And and they're just gonna I, I feel so hire too. him next and, and they're gonna go get um Harbour next year. Yeah. I, I I don't like predicting that and we were both right with the Texans. We both said that's what they were doing. It's a it's an interim head coach role. And you know what? He'll probably end up leaving at the end of the year and he'll go back to Shanahan and be his OC again. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um but yeah, I feel sorry for Mike McDaniel. I I think he's walking into a shit show. I think they are yep. absolutely setting him up. I, I call it the, the the Jim Tom Sawyer because that was the first guy I remember getting done like that, funnily by the 49ers, um, where they just you yep. hired him and you're like, why are they hiring this? He was an assistant defensive line coach last year. It was like, we need a one-year guy that we can just – he who wants to get paid a lot of money for one year. And I reckon half the time they know it too. So we'll see how it goes. Hey, he might surprise us all. The Dolphins said they've got some talent. They He might surprise us, but – I don't think so. I'll tell you, I'll be predicting the Dolphins to finish pretty low in that division next year. Yeah, me, me too. Let's move on to the Brian Flores lawsuit. Richie, I'll let you run it because you are better at this stuff than me. I don't understand any of this legal jargon. So give us the background of what's happened with Brian Flores. So there is so much to unpack here and we kind of don't have time to do it, but I'm going to try and give the highlights for those who don't know what's going on. So obviously Brian Flores was fired as the Dolphins head coach at the end of the season. He then had a text message exchange with Bill Belichick 
where basically Bill insinuated that Brian Flores would be hired as the new head coach of the Giants. And he wrote back basically saying, hey, thanks. Um, I really think I've got a good shot at it. And he hadn't even interviewed at this stage. At that point, Brian Flores worked out that Bill Belichick was texting the wrong Brian, who he'd also had on his staff, Mm -hmm. who was getting the Giants job because he'd already interviewed. At which point, Brian Flores realized his interview was a sham. The Rooney Rule. Rooney Rule. Which is, like, I love the idea of the rule, Rich, but it's a rule. It's a stu- it just allows them to not do it properly. Yeah. So upon realizing this, um, and I think this was already in the works because they kind of got it out pretty quick, mm. but Brian Flores and turns around and files a class action. Now, that's important. I'll come back to that later. Not but he files a class action lawsuit against the NFL and its teams alleging that the team had engaged in discriminatory hiring discriminatory hiring practices against black and minority candidates um, from coaching and front office vacancies. And that they conducted sham interviews under the pretense of the Rooney rule. A couple of things to unpack here. One, it was filed in the New York district court, um, which is important. Uh, It's one of the more liberal courts in America but it's also the home of the NFL. So there'll be no arguing to move it or anything like that because it was filed in New York and that's where New York's, um, that's where the NFL are based. So that's sort of your first thing. Second thing is class actions work in two ways. One, if you want to join the class action, so if you're a head coach who also thinks you've been done wrong, you can theoretically join this class action. Class actions work in two ways. One where you opt in, one where you have to opt out. So let's mm-hmm. say everybody was suing Telstra because the uh, the coverage they provide is really shit yeah, uh, and it doesn't very, work very, as promising. Yep. So everybody would be put in automatically and then when they're found guilty, you'd get a credit off your bill for 50 bucks, whatever. That's one where you, have, you would have to opt out of that lawsuit. This is almost certainly going to be one that will be an opt-in, but that's if a judge agrees to hear it as a class action. If nobody puts their hand up to join this, it won't be heard that way. So just so people sort of understand how that works, and American law is slightly different to Australian law, and I am by no means an expert. This is just sort of the research that that I've looked into to to understand it. Mm -hmm. The rest of the lawsuit, it is a lot of stuff to try and shame the NFL. The only smoking gun is the text messages with Bill Belichick, who obviously was trying to text a different Brian. What a boomer. There's the, well, oh fuck, everyone's done it, but there's not, not enough. That many times. <laughs> there's not messages. From what I've heard and the legal people who've spoken about this, there is not much here. There is not much meat on the bone here at all. This is more to embarrass the league into changing their ways. This will never, ever get to court. I can guarantee it. The NFL do not want discovery in the discovery portion of this lawsuit where they get to depose Bill Belichick. They get to depose, you know, the the Dolphins owner, um, Stephen Ross. Like, this is never happening. Um, I can tell you... Thing is like I'm still waiting for the 
inquisition into Dan Snyder to bring out more on anyone not John Gruden. Well, again, that's never coming out because it's a private investigation inside a private firm. They don't they don't have shareholders. They don't have to release this publicly. But so it's never ever coming out. Well, yeah, well, now that's the thing. So Gruden's obviously suing them too. They won't want discovery on that either. So I guarantee you they'll settle that. It's just like the concussion lawsuit. It never even got to discovery. They settle. You have to settle because you don't want the information coming out. So Brian, Brian Flores, even if a court is prepared to hear this, it will never actually get into a courtroom where you know, there's an actual lawsuit. There's going to be some sort of payout. My concern for Brian Flores is he is an awesome coach and he basically has kind of blown up his career here. It's going to take a pretty progressive owner to say, okay, I'll, I'll have you... Do you think he's doing it for the right goals, though? Because I I think he is. I think he is, too. I think he's taking a bullet for a huge part of the NFL community who are underrepresented in the positions of power. Yeah, and the only way, right, the only way we're going to know, we're going to find out if there is racial vilification in the NFL. Because, like, you look at the numbers, there's, you know... More than 50, 50% of the players in the league are black. 75. And 75%. And it's something like under 10, under 15% are assistant coaches and only one black head coach in the league, which is, which is Mike Tomlin. He's been at the Steelers for a long time. So the stats are there. The only way they resolve this is getting rid of the Rooney rule. Get rid of it and see if people, see if organizations still interview black coaches. That's the only way you're going to solve it. And it's ridiculous. It is insanity to me that this has to happen. But I thought it was insane that they made the rule. There's just just as big an issue around the fact that... Can you name me one offensive guru who's black? Eric Bannemey. And a lot of people say that's Andy Reid. This is this. I'm not trying to. You're right, though. You're right. Think, he's, he's under an offense. Yeah, name so, me a guy with a defensive-minded head coach that's an offensive coordinator. Yeah. So all I'm trying to say is, it's almost like this: the, the built-in bias that a, a black person isn't smart enough to do that. That's really what it comes down to. That that's the root of this issue. That whether it's an unconscious bias, a genuine bias, or just flat-out racism, that we've got to a place where these people aren't being considered. It's even worse in the college ranks. Um, At the end of the day, the owners just don't know how to speak and, and deal with black coaches, and it's embarrassing. Like, I just... It's now this. It's it's beyond the joke now, and I'm, I'm. I said I'm obviously not black, and I didn't. I don't know what it's like, so I'm not going to comment on that. But I think as a football person, someone who loves football, and I think Brian Flores is doing 100% the right thing. 100%. I think he was railed out of Miami, maybe not because he was black, but would he, he be? 
what if he what did he burn if he was what yeah it's because he wanted John Harbour. Simple yeah, as that. Is, and then when that stuff came out, Harbour's done the old oh, I can't do it. You're right. Hundred percent. And then, you know, unfortunately the Giants then went and hired a, a white head coach, which who's deserving and we'll talk about next, but he's deserving. But I think Brian Flores is doing the right thing. I think this needs to be pointed out. And he's not doing he's doing the opposite of Colin Kaepernick. That's what I like about him. He's not saying I'm blackballed, but I'm not gonna play for anyone and I'm gonna take all this money to go and you know, to go and prove it. Um, he's doing the opposite. He's fighting it the right way, saying, you know what? They Rooney ruled me at two different places, and I know they did. I know they were never hiring me, and I know I got kicked out of my club because there was no reason to fire me. My on-field performance was outstanding, and they used me swearing and my demeanor as evidence for firing me, yeah. which you find any coach that doesn't talk the way I talk. The, the smear campaign started immediately because that everyone was... couldn't understand why they'd fired him, and it's because they wanted John Harbour. Like, this is not hard to join these dots. Um, so they had to find a reason to fire him. Oh, people go, you really didn't speak to his coordinators and blah, 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 and all these other things. Like, some of it's probably true. Most of it probably isn't. Um but they had to find a way to try and scapegoat him. And he was just like, this is bullshit. Like, why is this? This shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be happening to me. So um, I applaud it. There's a ton of other stuff in this um, in this lawsuit designed just to embarrass. Um, and the Dolphins. And Stephen Ross, like, offering yep. him 100000 in a game to Losses. lose. Yep. Um, th- there was um, other things in here where he tried to... Uh, set up meetings with Deshaun Watson because you want to try and bring him in. Um, obviously, tank the season because they wanted Joe Burrow. Um, like there's just there's so much in here. Obviously, completely designed. Like um, Flores claimed um, when John Elway he had a meeting with them when he felt he got Rooney ruled there. Um, he said John Elway was hung over and not just really paying attention because it wasn't a real interview anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. I have no idea. But it's designed to embarrass the league into actually doing something about this. And then their press conference, their press release afterwards, basically kind of denying it. I'm just like, guys, you would think they're off to shutting up because this makes you look even worse. Um, I just, I can't comprehend why. Like some of the stats, uh, there's a really good article by Jamel Hill in The Athletic that talks about black coaches, not only as assistants, but as head coaches. They almost never get a second go, whereas white coaches um, have like a, it's something like five times more chance of getting another shot at a head coach. There's tons of them, absolutely tons of them. But if you fail as a black head coach, you almost never get another interviews this year. Bill O'Brien, yeah, he destroyed the Texans organization from the inside out, and they someone was going to hire him. Yeah, it's because he it, it's because he did the Alabama rehab tour, which is what all coaches do. They go to Alabama, be the offensive coordinator for one year, and get a new head job. Oh that's a whole God. different. That's a whole different thing. So the whole thing, um, I mean, the fact he was he. he, he, he the smoking gun is those text messages because you know he meant to text Brian Dayball. Like, come on, Bill. Um, I, I really hope 
something comes out of this. Because as you said, as a football fan, you just it you know it's wrong. Like it it's just not right. And there is um my current place of employment is really big on diversities and all these other things that they do and the amount of training that we do around unconscious bias and um, um, hiring practices and all these different things that the managers get asked to do, it's really eye-opening. And when you see, um, when you then come across lawsuits like these and you start to read it, it, it really rings home that you say, this is just so obvious. It's bullshit. What this like, it issue annoys is. Me. It annoys me. And Richard, you know me. I'm not political in any way. It just pisses me off as a football fan that he isn't coaching the Dolphins anymore because he deserves to be. Mm. He deserves to be. And quite frankly, and we, we, we can probably move on, but quite frankly, the Miami Dolphins should be fucking ashamed with themselves. They know exactly what they've done and so should the New York Giants. Yeah. And, if, and this is the thing, like, Somebody else, I can't remember, there was one a while ago where they hired like their assistant D-line coach. They interviewed, sorry, because they knew who they wanted. I think it was, gosh, when someone was getting Eric Mangini, maybe it was a while ago. And they're like, we know who we want. And this is who we want. But they have to do this sham interview. I don't know what's worse. The fact that you have to do these sham interviews. Or the people they want or the people is- they want is never... A diversity hire. I just no, the only way I they ref- do it, get rid of the Rooney rule. That's yeah, the only way I, you're going to know, and then start monitoring what they do for the next five years, and then really you'll have the evidence. It'll show you exactly, yeah. exactly what's going on. I, I refuse to believe there aren't ten other Brian Floreses out there who could do an outstanding job as a head coach, but yet we have Mike McCarthy in the league. <laughs> exactly, and we know, and that's why. We know how I feel I just, about that. Let's not get into Mike McCarthy. We, yeah. I wish we were talking about a new... I wish Callum Moore was our head coach. Actually, I wish... Funnily enough, I wish Dan Quinn was. That, which is a sickening twist of events from last season when they hired him to the DC. Just gut-wrenching. We, 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 we were both laughing. And what, 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 what did we say? Boys club. That's right. Hire yeah. your mate. Blah, blah, blah. Turns out Dan Quinn's very qualified to be a defensive coordinator and he's very good at it. And that's all he's ever done in the past is proven it. And he should just stay as a DC, which I, I think yeah. is why he has. From, anyway. Yeah. From, from Tampa's point of view, I hope one of our assistants do take over when it gets there because I think they both deserve it. I agree. I agree. I agree too. Yeah. Let's move on. Look. We're going to talk Brian Dable now, officially the Giants head coach. I'm not going to rag on Brian Dable. He doesn't force it. None of this is his. None of this is his fault. Not his fault. And again, a guy. Yeah, it just brings me back to like Rat McDaniel's is getting getting hired, and a guy like Brian Flores can't. A guy who literally fucked an NFL team, and then is now getting a job. Oh, just it shits me. But anyway, Brian Dable is not to be blamed for this. He is very very qualified to be the Giants head coach. My concern with this hiring, and this is, he is the Bills' offense. McDermott is not an offensive guy. He is a DC head coach, 100% defensive coordinator. That's what he does. So Brian Dable ran that offense. My only concern is I don't think they have a Josh Allen in 
but in New York. Actually, I'm, I'm certain they don't have a Josh Allen in New York. And Josh Allen bailed out Brian Dable as a quarterback this year for he saved them in games. How many teams when they when they need when they need three yards on third down can just run QB power and the biggest guy on the field and the fastest guy on the field and a guy that can throw it like him can do it. It's it's a it's a luxury that he's not going to have, and I'm interested to see what he can do without it. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, there's a lot of coaches were hired this year who I just I'm kind of like, hmm, okay. We'll see how they go. Um, I think this one's going to be really interesting. I don't think I necessarily want this job. Um, it's I, don't, I wouldn't want either of the New York jobs. They're really difficult jobs at this point. That's a big stadium to fill, and there's a lot to do in New York rather than going out to the bloody Meadowlands on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of November. I can think of some other things I'd rather be doing in New York than going out to that stadium. So these are not easy jobs um, and they've both got a ton of work to do. So it'll be really interesting to see how they go. I don't hold out a whole lot of hope there, either of the New York teams for next year. One thing I will say, Brian Dable is also responsible in part, if we're going to have him responsible for Josh Allen, he's also in part for one of the greatest turnarounds in the history of quarterbacks because Josh Allen in his first two years was absolutely dog shit to the point where everyone was writing him off. And he is now an MVP candidate for the last two he, years and was an overtime coin flip from going to the AFC Championship game. So, and he would be pointed to that you can turn bad quarterbacks around. Here's the exception. This has not happened. Once you've seen a player for a couple of years, you know who they are. It, it really is as simple as that in the NFL. If anyone can he's turn so Daniel, Daniel Jones around, it's him. I believe that. And I probably believe that's a big part of the hire. So, 100% it is. I, I certainly don't think this is a bad hire at all. This is kind of similar to some of the others. Like, I'm interested to see how it goes. Again, it's exciting. He's an offensive mind. Saquon Barkley, Kenny Golladay, they've got pieces. They've got they've got draft capital to get some offensive linemen in there. Andrew Thomas is not a dreadful left tackle in any way. He's just not the best one in that. He was the worst one of those four guys, which is always going to haunt him. But he's not bad. There's no reason he think he can't be a solid left tackle for you. You've got two picks in the top 10. Grab a couple of offensive linemen and let's go. Like, let's see what you've got. Because um, that's also what turned the Bills around. They nailed a couple of offensive line picks and got a couple like Brian Dawkins at left tackle and they they, they nailed a couple, which helped them. So um, that's certainly a part of it. Let's move on. Last one for coach hiring. Kevin O'Connell. Pretty sure Kevin O'Connell was... Um, isn't he the kid from uh, Home Alone? Isn't that his name in the movie, Kevin O'Connell? I'm pretty Kevin sure. McAllister? Oh, it Kevin might be. McAllister. I'm looking it up. Are you checking? <laughs> Kevin McAllister, damn it. I'm so close. Similar, though. Similar. So, Kevin O'Connell is not the kid from Home Alone, as much as I believe it. Um, he was the former offensive coordinator for the Rams, who are in the Super Bowl. He's still currently coaching the Rams, the offensive coordinator. Um, I think this is a great move for the Vikings in terms of the decision to go with an offensive guy. Um, you know, to to help Kirk Cousins or potentially not Kirk Cousins, whoever they like. They're loaded on offense. Jefferson's a great player. Delvin Cook's a great player. Um, Adam Thielen's a great player. They've got good players there. It it plays to their strength and it plays to where they can really move, where Mike Zimmer was a dinosaur defensive guy who wanted to run the ball all the time and not open up the offense for anything. So I think this is a good move for the style of the team. That's the Michael's. 
Yeah, it, it, it's another one that that's come off that Shanahan tree, I guess, if you want to follow it down. Um, I don't know anything about Kevin O'Connell, I'll be honest. Um, I don't think he calls the plays there. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. These um, coaches who are under head coaches who, who play call, um, you just you never know enough about them um, or... or to, to make you know, a really in-depth call on, on how they're going to go. Um, as the only really disappointing thing here is it's, you know, just another, another white guy, but um, yeah, who, who knows? Uh, I have no idea. Oh, just, oh, Eric, the enemy hasn't been hired. Maybe he doesn't want to be. Well, he keeps interviewing, so you'd have to think he does. Um, I but, hope that's the same situation as Flores, to be honest, because he's got a he's a very good coach. It's one of those things when you become a hot name, if you kind of don't get a job in two three years, the league moves on. You're yeah. not the hot name anymore. You're flirting um, with it for too long because well, that's the thing. You hire them and they go, "Oh, God, is it is it 2019?" That yeah. that sort of thing happens. Um, it is still a Texans' job. You never know. I personally think Brian Flores would be a terrific fit for the Texans. He'd be fantastic. Sean Watson wants to play for him. He wanted to go to the Dolphins because of Brian Flores. So maybe that's a way to try and work it out. Like, I personally think that Sean Watson shouldn't be playing football. But I don't think we'd be playing. That's not up but, to me to decide that. But. Well, what we don't know is Flores might think that behavior is reprehensible and he doesn't want any part of him. That we don't know because he's never commented no, no, he, publicly. He said he's he was never against trading for him, but again, we're, you're right. We don't know that. But when we you're inside know. the building, you you you, and you're a good soldier, as they say, you, you pull the company line. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see. That that's such an interesting job, that Houston job. Um, the cupboard's a little bare. I'm not sure who they're going to end up with. Maybe Eric Bieniemy. Maybe hope so. Hope so for him if if he wants it. Who have they? I've got the little like thing they've interviewed. Let me find it. So they've interviewed Brian Flores. His second interview is complete. Um, Jonathan Gannon, second interview complete. Joe Lombardi, Chargers OC. Josh McCown has his second interview. Interesting, really. Kevin O'Connell, he was obviously hired. Yeah, Lovey Smith, Texans defensive coordinator, he's completed. Um, and they also interviewed Heinz Ward. Really? So they, they have, yeah. Who is? What's he doing at the moment? He's head coach at Florida Atlantic University, which you should know, college head. Man, I don't know who the head coach of Florida Atlantic are. Give me a break. I only know because I'm looking at it. <laughs> I'm sure our boys at the college podcast would know. Um, but I yeah, can't right. see who the head coach of any directional school in Florida is. Eric Bieniemy hasn't interviewed there, so probably not going to be Eric Bieniemy. I'd no. say zero chance. So anyway, zero chance could be Flores though. Let's get to the hot part of the show, Richie. The Pro Bowl. Mm. And I want to thank everyone for watching and tuning in this week. Um, we were going to do a bit where Richie would tell me that the Pro Bowl was two-hand touch now, which happened before the show when we were doing our usual hour-long conversation, which I didn't know. Fucking ridiculous. The Pro Bowl is ridiculous. Just get rid of it. The only fun part was seeing Trayvon Diggs play a bit of wide receiver, which was funny. But And Stefan Diggs scoring on his brother and pointing at him. It's non-contact. So... Yeah, you need you need something in between. 
It's if, a huge money maker for the NFL. Oh, they're that's not the thing. Get rid of it. I get it. The kids watch it. It's fun. But I can tell you, I didn't watch a second of it, and I don't blame you if you did. It's football. Have fun. Enjoy it. But come on. Really? I don't mind if you want to watch it. I'm just not going to give it much time on my platform, our platform, Richie. We're just not going to give it much time because we don't care about it. If you care about it, I'm sure there's like, you know, weekfootballpodcast.com that's uh, doing doing an episode on it and they're breaking down the ins and outs of the Pro Bowl. So enjoy it there. (laughs) Um, Stay with us for the hard-hitting content. That's what I say. On why why McDaniels is a bad hire. Uh, Uh, that's it, Richie. Um, as I said earlier, you will see us Sunday night. We'll do the live show about 7.30, 8 o'clock Melbourne time, guys. So if you're in WA, that's um, 11.30 in the morning. Just quick math. Um, if you're in Queensland, it's an hour earlier. So tune in. Uh, we'll go through all the stuff. I think I don't want to – we may have a guest with us, Richie, one of the boys. I don't want to say in case he can't, but we'll probably have one of the boys with us as well. Um, but – we're looking forward to that. Obviously, Super Bowl's coming up. It's the biggest part. But we just wanted to spend tonight just going through some of the stuff that we kind of missed over the last couple of weeks because we've been doing the games and all that sort of stuff. So I wanted to really dig into some of that. And in particular, we both really wanted to talk about the Brian Flores stuff because we both yeah. felt pretty strongly about it and wanted to get our opinion out on it. It's up to you if you accept that or agree with us or not. It's fine if you don't. It's fine if you agree with Brian Flores. It's fine if you agree with the Dolphins. I don't really care. Um, it's your opinion. But yeah, we wanted to get that out. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Burnley Brewing ussportsgear.com.au for all your sporting needs. Dark Horse Electrics, any electrical needs, make sure you talk to Dylan. Um, also, J&D's Breaks Down Under, thank you for this awesome helmet which went to Scotty Ditcham tonight, the Randy White. Um, I'm just saying he's going to take it because I know for a fact Scotty Ditcham's going to take this helmet. Um, I might have to do a little... He's a Denver fan, isn't he? I might have to see if I can do a little cheeky trade with him, give him something that's Denver. I've got a few. Um, but yeah, it's um, It's awesome. And also, Aaron, who was second, I'll be in contact with you as well, mate. Uh, Richie, thank you as always for being here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure you give us a rating, share it around, do whatever you can to help us. Um, It it all goes a really long way. And we appreciate you all tuning in. Richie, uh, see you Sunday night for the Super Bowl preview. See you, mate.